Welcome to the Guest X Podcast, where my co-host Brian Hamawi and I uncover the latest technologies and human-driven initiatives that are raising customer expectations and forever changing how we define customer experience across a host of industries. If you are passionate about creating incredible content and unique experiences, join us as we talk to leading product and experience experts across the globe and learn about how today's most successful brands are setting themselves apart from the competition. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you. Um, you know, for those listeners that aren't, uh, you're not, they, they don't know who you are, they don't know who Minuin is, why don't you give us a little bit of background on what you guys do, how you came into this space, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Minoan is a platform. Basically, hosts can think of Minoan as a platform to manage everything that has to do with the stuff that goes into your rental that makes it so that guests aren't sitting in an empty box. So the initial furnishing, like ordering um, all the furniture, the artwork, the appliances, all the stuff, the kitchen, you know, for, for a two bedroom home, you're, if you're furnishing from scratch, you're ordering about 200 items. So we help manage all that in one place. And then the ongoing ordering with uh, soaps and shampoos, linens, towels, when something breaks, stuff like that. That's sort of what we really focus on. And then the bonus is that we will help you make your property shoppable to guests. So that if guests really love the mattress or the furniture or the television or the coffee, you know, any of these items, we make it really easy for guests to buy that. We do all the work in managing the customer service and you know, our, our owners can just sit back and collect commission checks. That's absolutely fascinating. I think, you know, I start to think through product a little bit and the management of product seems to be mind blowing to me the the amount of units that you got you guys probably carry so why don't you tell us how you got into the space how did you actually think about building this particular piece of technology and then coming into the the leisure you know hospitality industry and being able to offer this up to property managers yeah of course so i was an early employee at a company called jet.com which was an e-commerce marketplace uh launched in 2014 sold to walmart for 3.3 billion in 2016. uh i then went over to walmart uh to help manage their sporting goods business which which was uh it's quite large i mean it was like a multi hundred million dollar PL that i was managing um and I learned a lot. I mean, I learned a lot about e-commerce on the Jet side and the Walmart side, how to um, optimize sort of around pricing and merchandising. And then at Walmart, I learned a lot about the store side of the business. So how to set the modular, doing walkthroughs. I did sourcing trips to China where we were thinking about assortment. And um, my biggest takeaway was that the best product experiences, they don't actually happen on screens the way they do in e-commerce. And they don't happen on shelves or in aisles the way they do in stores. They happen in real moments of use. And for me, that was so obvious because the buyers, the ones who were who are curating the experiences on screens and shelves, when they're figuring out what to bring into inventory, they get samples. They say, okay, send me the product. Let me see how good it is. They want to use it and experience it and try it and really put it through the ringer. So like, you know, fitness was one of our categories, you know, you better believe we were getting samples and like, we're using that thing. We're testing functionality, durability, programming. Does it store? How much space to take up? Like, what's the warranty? All this stuff. And then we're like, okay, we love this. This product's great. Our customers are going to love it. 
bring it in, buy it. But then by the time the customers are experiencing that product, the very rich interaction that the buyer has is now distilled down to a little, you know, five inch screen that someone's scrolling mm -hmm. through. Or we're putting these products, we're deconstructing them and putting them in cardboard boxes and cramming them on a shelf. Um, and the reality is, sticking with my example, you can't tell if you're going to enjoy running on a treadmill or if it's the right treadmill for you by looking at it at a box on a shelf or looking at pictures of it on a screen. And reviews help, but there's all this data that's showing that like half of the reviews on Amazon and in e-commerce are totally BS and and fake. And as someone mm -hmm. who was on the inside at Walmart, I would notice like, this is really weird. Every time this product gets a one-star review, the next day it gets five five-star reviews. It's like this weird trend, like boop. And it's like, oh, the company has someone monitoring their products. And when they get a bad review, they just order four and give it five stars because the reviews are so important um, in driving conversion. So long way to say, I, I felt and still feel that retail is, is um, it's not that it's broken, it clearly works. I mean, we spend a ton of money on screens and shells, but it's very suboptimal. And that was something that I couldn't shake. And I was like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And I was thinking, you know, could you do a store so people can use it, but then you need more space and like, you know, stores, like they're, they're all optimizing around dollar per square foot. Why? Because there's a high fixed cost. Like we have the lease we got to pay. We have build out costs we mm. got to cover. We have salespeople we got to pay. So I'm going to try and get as much dollars <laughs> through every square foot as possible. That's why everything's crammed together. So to have a, a, a retail experience where it's more user-based and you can try something, it doesn't really work in the store model. And um, I couldn't I couldn't really shake it. And then uh, basically my wife and I were staying at a short-term rental in upstate New York and just were having, it was euphoric. We were like, this place is beautifully designed. We woke up, we like woke up off the mattress. We we're like, man, what? It's 8.30. We never sleep in this. Like, what, what mattress is this? Like rip the sheets off the mattress to figure out what the mattress was. We were checking the sheets for tags. We we're like, how do we, what are these sheets? And there was a lot of stuff, man. We loved like, the coasters, the kitchen I've talked about on other podcasts. It's like a really well-designed kitchen. And we emailed the host saying we wanted to buy this stuff. Um, yeah. And that led us down this trail of like, wow, the host just sent me these links. They're not even making money on this. And all these yeah. brands are spending billions of dollars on Facebook and Google to try and create meaningful moments, you know, on an Instagram video or on a PLA. And yet real moments that are highly valuable are happening in spaces like these every day. And they're not priced in. The hosts aren't getting credit for the value they're creating. Um, and that, you know, I know this is sort of a long winded explanation, but that's how we got from sort of that initial itch into the short-term mental market, basically just looking at owners and hosts and being like, these people are four walled influencers and brands are not treating them as such. And, uh, and in order to really bring that to light, you need to build a lot of infrastructure to connect the suppliers to these hosts to make it really easy to purchase them to bring these products to life. And so that's what we've we've built at Minoan. Do you think people really realize how um, how valuable they are or how valuable the product is inside of their homes? Quality products, good name brands, and how much value it actually brings to the rentals and the experience? Because I feel like property managers, they go in, 
you know, we, we see it here in central Florida a lot. We hire really high-end decorators. They're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then the last thing that we're doing is talking about the product that we've actually invested in inside of the homes. When in fact, if you've got a good mattress, you should be talking about the mattress. If you've got good quality linen, if you've got, you know, all that kind of stuff, even down to your toaster and your Nespresso machine inside of the house, we just don't know the, the value that it brings to the short term, to, to the end user, which is the guest. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? And then do you guys, you know, what are you guys seeing on the back end um, when people are placing that kind of product in their homes and calling it up? I think some people know the value, but a lot of people do not. And I think we see it in um, some people view furnishing purely as a cost center. It's like, I need to buy this stuff. I need stuff in the space so that it's not an empty box. You know, and some people really do view it with a design mentality. And, um, you know, we, we sort of encourage owners and hosts to to think about furnishing in a bit of a matrix. You have like utility, so products that are used often, and then aesthetic, which is products that look nice. And there's a way that you should really think about furnishing your rental. Like, you know, you take a product, like a bed, <laughs> you say, all right, the bed has very high, the mattress has extremely high utility. It's it's the most used product actually. Um, and then the bed itself, like the frame, uh, it, it has pretty high aesthetic value and that the type of bed frame you choose chooses can really change like what the entire room looks like. So that's like in this top right of high utility, high aesthetic. That's a place that's worth investing. Things that are low utility, low aesthetic, it's a commodity like don't, you know, don't buy the Duracell bat batteries, like just get the cheapest ones out there. Um, and so I think some people see it, some people don't. And the ones that that do, candidly, like they don't, they just, they're on their own competitive field. Like right now we're seeing on, on, on the whole, you're seeing occupancy dropping and ADR dropping on at the mass, if you look at the aggregate. But if you zoom in, like we have hosts who are like, I've been, I'm still booked for the next eight months. I haven't even noticed, mm. <laughs> you know, why? Because when you look at these properties, like they are immaculately designed and they've created this brand where it's like people just want to be there. And I think what we want to help, the, so when the guest arrives at these spaces, they subconsciously feel like, man, this is nice. This is really nice. This feels like a really nice home. What we want to do with Minoan through these like really elegant sort of shoppable narratives is bring it from the subconscious to the conscious where it's like, guess what? We have uh, the latest Nespresso coffee maker here. 2021 makes all this stuff. Go check it out. Go try it. You know, we have, uh, you know, the bear hybrid, which is the same mattress that, you know, the IMG Academy uses because it's so restorative and it's built for athletes like sleep on it. Let us know what you think bringing these from the subconscious to the conscious where you feel like you're walking around in this like perfectly curated space is part of the value that, that um, we're bringing to these properties. Um, so. One of the things might be helpful. And obviously some people are listening in Mark and others are kind of going to watch this, but maybe pull up because I do think your website's got some great examples of how, you help these operators, these homeowners um, begin to merchandise the space and and and, and do that. I, I think it would be helpful. One of the questions too, and maybe as you walk through, I, I think 
to help better uh, the business model of Minoan, is it that, um, it, you know, is it that you are, the underlying business model is to help people furnish and keep furnished and update and things, you know, through the amenities, the ongoing, these homes, or in, and then I guess the upselling of, of the, the items is kind of the, the gravy on top, if you will. Uh, is that is that true? And then when you when you're selling this to operators, is the benefit first and foremost the ability to kind of get wholesale pricing um, on the on the items and stuff? And is it that same direction where then if somebody buys this coffee maker, I may make a little bit of a spiff, but that's really that's not why you do it. Talk talk to us about that too as you kind yeah. of go through it. Yeah. So the, the big. The, the underlying like idea and business model is that the relationship between suppliers and owners or hosts needs to change right now. Mm -hmm. Suppliers view hosts or owners as customers to make money off of. Um, doesn't matter if you're getting a trade discount or whatever, like you're still dealing with a salesperson who is looking at the margin that they're making on that order. We believe that these suppliers should view properties and property managers in these groups as marketing partners to help these brands reach even more customers. You know, like if you have three properties and you're getting a thousand people a year inside these properties, those are a thousand incredibly high value engagements. You know, if a click is worth $7 and a click lasts two seconds, What's it worth for someone to come in and sleep on your mattress three or four nights in a row for eight hours a night? And so the underlying belief is just that the relationship between these suppliers and these hosts needs to change. And the the ideal way of doing that is if you're a marketing partner, then you should be getting really steep discounts to bring these things in because you're basically a distribution partner now for the supplier. And anytime you drive something that's of value to that brand, you should get paid for it. Uh, and right now it's, if you can drive a sale, you get paid for it and you get a good commission. You know, it's a lot higher than affiliate, but in the future, what we want to explore is even if someone doesn't buy, it's still valuable for the brand. <laughs> it's an impression, mm -hmm. right? And they pay for impressions. They pay a lot of money for impressions, whether or not they convert. And so that, that's sort of the underlying why is that the relationship needs to change what gets complicated is that there's multiple components of that. There's like, well, you need to get the products from A to B, and then you need to, you know, make the products at B. You need to digitize this and illuminate it so that it's more of a marketing, you know, a valid marketing opportunity for suppliers. And so, unfortunately, you know, where as a as a founder and something we need to do as a company is like tying all the products together uh, to host like tightly in a buttoned up way. We have a lot of work to do there because it's like. We're kind of like, you buy it and then you can sell it and you can make money. But the why is just that this is how you should view your relationship with your suppliers is that it's a little more symbiotic. You know, you're delivering a service to them. They're delivering products to you. And the, and the real reason that a lot of uh, property managers in particular use us right now is because we just make ordering so easy. Like they save money ordering through the platform and they save time because we allow them to order from like 30 different suppliers all in one place, one cart, one checkout. 
You log back in, you can see tracking information for everything. You don't have to go through 20 emails to see when your sofa is going to get delivered. And then another email to see when the soap and shampoo, and then another email, you don't have to email your linens rep and say, Hey, we need to order another. It's all in one place and easy, particularly if you're trying to manage that across a hundred, 500, a thousand properties. Um, the most eye-opening thing for me was as we started working with these larger, what I would call like enterprise groups, they have all these systems, you know, they have pricing systems, they have systems for guest communications, they have systems for uh, acquiring properties, they have systems for cleaning properties and turning. No one has a system for furnishing. The best system we saw was a Google sheet that was, you know, very detailed, but very time consuming to update it constantly. Yeah. So that's, I think, the biggest value prop why uh, property owners are using us now is the savings and the time savings. Um, but we believe that as we improve this sort of like shoppable side of the business, that that can have an outsized, you know, if you can monetize not just the sales, but the marketing value, that that actually starts to become meaningful cash as well. Yeah, you know, that's this, interesting. This, it, it, this ahead, type of concept takes me back, Matt, a little bit to the Berkshires. Um, some of the comments that he's, that Mark's made. And part of that goes to, you know, Home Depot and, and Verbo came together. They took over our house and they brought in three fantastic design, three groups of designers. And they basically brought in products, product partners, and they fitted out this entire house. And it's a, it's a very similar idea to what you're saying. If you look at some of these outfits now, you go to Lowe's or you go to Home Depot, you even go to Target. What they're starting to do is change the retail experience where you're not just buying off the shelf, but they're designing houses within the warehouse so that you can experience the product a little bit better. So I think a lot of what you're saying hits home pretty close. We're just not there yet. I think part of the, the, the second part of this is that the quality of product that you guys are purchasing for property managers is a vetted quality. It's not something that they're just going in, they're trying to buy a glass and they're hoping that, you know, they're going to get six glasses uh, and then it goes out of stock and then they've got to source something else because that is one of the biggest pains for a property manager is consistency throughout the homes, being able to shop in one, one place that's reliable um, and then make it a streamlined process throughout their houses. Talk to us a little bit about the brands that you guys are bringing on and how you guys are betting the product. Yeah, so we have about 200 brands now um, that we work with. We've gotten many, 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 many more than that that have applied um, to be on the platform. Um, brands we work with now are uh, Article, West Elm, Pottery Barn, Crate and Barrel, Wayfair, Castlery, Industry West, EQ3, Our House. I mean, uh, particularly on the furniture side, it's like we run the full gamut um, of what you'd want. And then uh, we work with OXO. Uh, we work with Caraway, we work with Sardell, we work with Blueland. I mean, all of these base, what we're looking for is a brand that delivers high quality product. Again, that means it doesn't just look good on a screen. It, it's yeah. good when it shows up at your door. <laughs> That's what we really right. care about. It's nice if it looks good on a screen, um, but the product quality is what we care most about. And that they're um, willing to offer uh, reasonable value to property managers who bring their products in. And so um, it's sort of this value spectrum that we look at and wanting to offer breath because some hosts love getting really good discounts on West Elm 
and that works for them. Some hosts are like, even at a really strong discount, this is more expensive than I'm willing to pay. And so that's where working with a Wayfair or a Walker Edison, some of these other brands that play in like, um, you know, more opening price point product uh, works for them. Um, but they still make good, good product. Um, and so, yeah, the vetting is like, when we onboard anyone, we ask for samples because we're like, all right, let's use this and see if it's up to a, a high standard. And if, if the team is like, if we all look around, we're like, this is pretty good. And the costing they're willing to offer is pretty good. Um, and we think that it presents a lot of value to hosts, then we'll, we'll uh, onboard it. Sometimes even if we're like, oh, we'll see if hosts want this, you know, <laughs> like we don't like, um, but that's how we think about onboarding on the uh, brand side. And the value prop to them is pretty straightforward. Like it's like, it's hard to acquire customers and what we're presenting is like, Hey, we have a network of a lot of properties in our network. The properties in our network are seeing tens of millions of guests at this point. I, I haven't done the math T tens of millions, maybe hundreds, but tens of millions of guests a year. What is that worth? Again, yeah. going back to what I said earlier, by the way, if you're paying seven bucks for a click, like what is it worth to have someone use your coffee maker every morning for three days, mm -hmm. you know? And that's sort of, um, yeah, that, I think that's, that's where, yeah, I, I do. I mean, I think there's huge potential there. I think um, to your point earlier, Martin, that's where the data I think has got to catch up. I mean, part of the struggle I think probably is the inability right now to easily track those impressions across homes. But I love where you're going because in theory, a home in Hawaii Right, that's going to have 285, 300, 300 occupied nights a year is worth more than to to somebody who's got a high end coffee maker in that home than maybe, um, you know, a home in Cape Cod that's going to have 58 or 60 short term nights a year, right? And, and and but it was probably also baked into that real estate cost a little bit. So if you can start to monetize those things across those lines. I think there's huge value, but I, I think in the interim, one of the things I'd like to, yeah, for you to chat about is like, what are people buying right now? This isn't, before we got on this, where I was thinking, this isn't really a new concept. I mean, Marriott, I can buy the mattress. It's always been kind of a big thing with Marriott, right? And so hotel groups have started to monetize some things and making um, some of these experiences shoppable. But what what are you guys seeing so far? I mean, where is the value uh, where are people placing the value as far as what are they maybe buying that uh, that they're experiencing in the homes? Yeah, it's certainly not. Yeah, we have not invented this uh, concept, but I do think that the execution of it uh, in a lot of hotels is pretty subpar. Like, Definitely. I just right. stayed at a yep. hotel, like a very nice hotel um, in my honey for my honeymoon. And like, they had these robes and they had this like paper wrapper around the robes. And it's like, like this robe, call the front desk um, for pricing or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> okay, one, it's a little in my face. So like the way we approach shopability uh, for, you know, for people who are listening, they're not going to see this, but I'll describe it. Like we send our property partners, these very elegant powder coated note card stands. And it just kind of tents up. And the language that's on this says, found something you like. So it doesn't say add to cart. It doesn't say buy. It doesn't say retail. It says, 
found something you like that's very soft. It's like it doesn't trigger what's called persuasion mm. knowledge model, which is like when so, when we feel like we're being sold to, our whole brain chemistry changes. We get defensive. So, so in this hotel, not only is it like boom in my face, like buy this. It's um, you're not even gonna tell me how much it costs. <laughs> I, you're gonna make <laughs> me call you to to figure out how much it costs. Um, and then how do I order it? Am I doing it over the phone? That's not like that. That's it's a lot of friction. And so I think that we didn't invent it, but I, I'm I'm uh, confident that we can significantly improve upon what's out there um, in the market. And in terms of what sells, like you know, we sell a lot of betting, um, and that's like I think the most tactically rich part of the hospitality experience is the bed, the experience in the bed. And so um, that was what we had uh, hypothesized is that we'd sell a lot of betting. I, we have, maybe I'll just scroll through some of the orders we've gotten like recently. Yeah. So this one is queen sheet set from Frette. That was a big, mm -hmm. those are, those are not cheap. So that uh, host yeah. is getting a nice commission on that. By, by the way, we had somebody here just to stop you there. You know, Brian, I can't remember who it was. We had somebody on who said, uh, oh no, you know who it was? We were in the Berkshires. Yes. It was uh, Tim Rosolio from, from Verbo. <laughs> yeah, I know I say it wrong. Uh, but anyways, but, uh, but Tim said to start with things that people touch. Yeah. Right. The betting, it just doesn't shock me. The betting jumps right off. Sorry, Mark, keep going. No, it's great. More betting. This one's from Comfy. People love Comfy. All right. Then this is soap and shampoo pillows from Northern Feather. More yeah. sheets from, from Comfy. Uh, soap and shampoo from Grown Alchemist. That's nice. Uh, a turntable. A uh, more sheets. Uh, this is decor. So what is this? Design Studio McGee cast gold. So this looks like stuff that would go on a, a shelf or something. Uh, more pillows, shampoo, and body wash from Public Goods. An always pan uh, from Our Place. Yeah, what else we got in here? A fellow tea kettle. A leather cash. I was just looking at those. Yeah, which uh, those are nice. We sell a good amount of these. Uh, a uh, this one's funny. A tissue cover. I actually know this one. So this is a tissue cover that goes over like a Kleenex um, box. Box, and the <laughs> tissue comes out through the chimney, so it looks like a puff of. Um, uh, okay. okay. Um, smoke. Yep. Yeah. So someone bought one of those. So this is just all stuff. I mean, I'm, I'll stop. Otherwise, this will go on forever. But all sorts of stuff. <laughs> we, uh, we, we can buy... do a whole podcast. We'll just yeah, read but... through the things. But no, yeah, you might sold, lose people. It's fascinating. I mean, obviously, the sheets are really popular. I don't think that probably surprises anybody. And I will say, as you said that, I'm like, one of my biggest fears whenever my wife buys new sheets is, well, what if we don't like, you know, like it seems like, I don't know, it just seems like I got to be really invested in that purchase. And and so then, you know, if, if I've already slept in them, that's an easy sell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Simon Lehman's probably going to talk about knives. So right. he would, he probably you know, would. people, really people just buy $20, $40 cheap knives where you guys are proposing to and it's something that's so essential I, I mean everyone needs to just figure out what their brand is and what price point they're going to play in if you want to play mm -hmm. at like the, the lower end of the market in terms of adr you should that's be buying okay. commoditized product because uh yeah. 
you know, I think that's a dangerous place to be. I think like you need to have massive, massive, massive scale to, it, it, across any industry. If you want to compete on price, you need to have massive scale. And I think that um, the economies of scale in managing properties are very different than the economies of scale you get in something else like manufacturing, where, um, you know, competing on price, like size is king. I think that the the challenges of managing, yeah, anyways, um, we would- I think it's a good point. That's a really yeah. good point though. Know, know, know your brand, know your consumer, you know, what what is the demographics you're going after and what is yep. going to- What's going to make them feel good about that stay? Right. We one of the, actually, I didn't talk about this, but we, I talked about the kitchen. One of the things when we stayed at this Airbnb in upstate or the short term rental, I should say, in upstate New York, was the knife set. We we used their knife set, and we were like, we need new knives. Like this is what cutting a tomato is supposed to feel like. I feel like I'm like, <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm like crushing these things when I try and cut it at home. And we bought new knives. And we're, it was just like, sometimes you don't know what you need until you use one that's way better. Like sometimes you don't know you need a new vacuum cleaner until you try a Dyson and you're like, this is different and great. Yeah. So I didn't know yeah. I had an issue with my vacuum cleaner until I used this new one. And I think that's part of the power of what we, this is what we call native retail. These real world moments is that they really can lead to, uh, to inspiration. And we think that they are incredibly valuable to brands whether they know it or not, a lot of brands get it and they come right on. Some brands are resistant and they're like, well, we think, you know, we think that people will buy our stuff anyways. And it's like, I think, you know, we're like, okay, if you think you can just sell this stuff without the partnership of the property owner, then do it on your own. <laughs> like, yeah, I think about the logistics behind it as well. I mean, if you, and, and I, you know, I'm not super familiar with your interface, but if I've got a hundred or 500 properties, I furnished my property with you and you guys know every single item that's in that house. Something breaks. I can go into a website, click buy now again. Yeah. And I am not trying to do searching and not, and it just all of a sudden appears and it's done. I'm not saying yeah, you don't have shopping. to pay. We, I've heard of, you know, I've heard of people who have to go back to the designer Yeah, and then they have to pay the designer for their time. Hey, where did you get this end table? Okay, let me go back and I'll reorder it for you. And like the designers charging you for their time to go and place the order, and then and they're also charging you generally a markup on whatever discount they're getting. Um, and so yeah, it's about making the reorder easy. And you know, Matt, going back to what you said about the data, there's so much interesting data that can come out of seeing stuff on the B two B side and seeing stuff on the B two C side. You know, mm -hmm. it's like we can then go to hosts and be like, you know, it's one thing to be able to go to hosts and say other hosts love this coffee pot or this mattress. That's validating. That's good. It's even more powerful to say guests freaking love. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. Pot. Um, and that's sort of like we have invested pretty heavily in building a really strong events based infrastructure for data like uh, things that you can't do if you're just building on like an off-the-shelf uh platform my co-founder is like a top one percent his whole core competency is data and the things that we have planned uh over the next 18 months i think are going to be fascinating um to host even like what if we could tell you that you know the difference the correlations to adr 
Like, hey, this product is generally in properties at this ADR. This product is generally in prop. We can, you can give us your brand. This is what we want to charge. This is where we are, as we think. And we could just kind of like be like, here's all the stuff, you know, that you should buy for this ADR. And here's the expected payback period. Okay. This mattress uh, typically converts at, I don't know, like say half a point, half a percent. So if you're getting, uh, make the math easy. If you're getting 400 uh, guess a year, you should expect to sell two a year. The commission on those two, you know, once you've sold three mattresses, this mattress, it covers what you invested in the mattress in the first place. It's now a net profitable asset. So the expected payback period is 18 months. Okay. You know, maybe for something else, the expected payback period is six months. And so the data is where we can make people more efficient with their furnishing and purchasing and more intelligent. Um, and then that should yield benefits in ADR um, in just giving people an advantage where it's like, well, I bought this mattress, but in a year and a half, I will have covered it. And then I can just continue to upgrade and reinvest in the property and always be at the top end of the market and always demand higher ADRs. And so there's there's a flywheel here that we want to help our partners capture. Um, and we just have, you know, we have some work. We, we have some work. to. Yeah. We're doing some of it now, but we have a lot of work to get to the ideal state, what we believe is where, how people should approach this. Matt, I'd love to get feedback on this because, you know, as he's talking, what I'm thinking about is we have an issue, not with the rating system, but classifying actual units. You know, you have hotels do it really well. We have a five-star hotel, four-star, three-star, and it goes down. And the one thing that we haven't managed to do in the short-term rental uh, world is be able to classify homes. Matt, I mean, does this help us in some way in the future be able to start to classify homes based on the amenities that they carry? So the quality of the furniture, the quality of the mattresses, would this be a first step in saying, well, if you carry these products, these, you know, this type of mattress, this type of furniture, you are more, more than likely going to be a five-star ranking property. And that's how we start to be able to compete with the hotel product. Yeah, I, I do think I, I was going to bring up that I, I think that a little bit of the struggle to still is with the channels. The channels don't make it easy to really call out the things that you're doing um, to drive that ADR upwards, which is which is crazy because. You know, it's one thing when it was a listing site, but but now that they're true platforms, they benefit greatly from increasing ADR. Yet, you know, and, and again, it's not easy, but it's very hard to get your property to stand out outside of photos, right? Nobody really reads the descriptions anymore. There's a limited amount of icons you can use on, say, Verbo or Airbnb or or, or some of these. And I think when we can get, and I, I think there's things we can do as far as, you know, um, a more immersive experience where you could, you know, as I look around the house, little call outs could pop out. Did you realize we have this type of mattress? Here's a high-end coffee maker. Like if I could, if my wife could look around the kitchen and see that it's got the the really big mixer, right? And um, Tim uh, from Verbo loves to talk about, Tim Rizzoli loves to talk about the mixers, but, or the waffle maker or this. I, she would pay more 
Well, what if you that's... what if they just took the classification that they've already built out and you were able to add a brand to it? Yeah, I think qualify, you know, if 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 how do I qualify? So it's interesting. There's a, a very large group over in uh, in the UK aways. Right. They've got about 100,000 vacation rentals, but only about 20,000 do they actually manage. The other 80,000, they are the marketer for those. It's, it's kind of an evolved model. But what's interesting is within their holiday park system, they've got seven different flags, if you will. And then they have requirements. And you don't have to meet all the requirements, but you have to meet a certain number of them to qualify for a certain level of flag. I think if the OTAs or some of the distribution points started creating that, they could have these amenities, right, be part of some of the different ways or the calculation of how do I qualify. So I don't know if it's a star rating or and, and Airbnb has started to do this with they've got their can't even think of what it's called now, but they're really high end homes. And Marriott mm-hmm. Homes and Villas has got certain requirements around the linens and things like that. I think we're moving in that direction, which is good for all the operators, because I think a lot of what Minoan's doing here can be monetized through the ADR. Forget reselling. If no one ever bought anything, but you have to be able to tell people effectively why they ought to pay a little bit more per night. And I think that's the piece that's still a little hard. So then you get the the commodity operators, if you will, which again, you know, Mark brings up a good point. Being from Jet and Walmart, he knows better than anyone. There's a business model for, you know, for that high volume, but there can usually only be one or two of those, <laughs> and then everyone else needs to play in a different a different field. But um, there, um, you could start to really, you could say no because I invest in that coffee maker and that bed and those linens. I make. 20 more bucks a night, that's easy to calculate. We just got to get better data and we got to get better ways to to tell people about it. I mean, Mark, do you, do you agree? I mean, that was a little bit of a of my No, 100%. The, the goal of the data would be to show you uh, a payback period, which would be reflective of the anticipated increase in ADR that it justifies and the expected conversion rate yep. and commissions. And so if, and and this data exists, this data exists with big, like if you have a tennis court and you're in the Hamptons, you know, you can charge an extra. Or a golf cart, a six seater golf cart at the beach. They know what that's worth. They've already figured it out. Yep. Exactly. And so doing that with everything in the home, every single thing in the home and the strength of correlate. Okay. Does salt and pepper shakers have a correlation with ADR? Probably not. If we looked at the total you know, a million data right. points. It's probably not. Does the mattress? I would hypothesize yes. Um, yeah. Does the living room furniture? I would also hypothesize um, yes. I don't know. But once you have that data, you can have this very instructive way of investing and quantifying the payback period, which you're right, Matt. It, it's it's the commissions is gravy. The ADR is really probably going to be the biggest driver of when this thing pays for itself. Yeah. Uh, I look, I, I've said for a long time that there are so many attributes of a vacation rental that can be better monetized. Right now, we focus on the location, the time of year, and I would say there's probably a handful of amenities 
golf carts, mm-hmm. um, uh, hot tubs. You know, there, there's probably two or three more, and then that's it. Like we are just yep. at the surface of truly, of, of truly monetizing and um, maximizing our our yield management. I yeah, I think this is fascinating because um, yeah, I was just thinking while you were talking, Mark. If someone had a really high end, I'm, I'm, I liked, I like the work vacation, right? The workcation or whatever yeah. they're called. But if someone had a high end curved uh, monitor and a comfy and desk, I sat there, that's the hardest uh, thing to comfy, find. In these a great <laughs> one. That's a great example. That's right. Or even the desk, maybe, right? But it, what those couple things, and I could experience that, I would absolutely go home like, I'm getting that monitor. It made yeah. it so much easier to work, right? Or even maybe the camera that I used for my Zoom calls and those type of things. So yeah, um, that's really every, it's, it's every it's, category. It's really cool. Think about a yep. wedding. Think about you. Okay, so you're staying at a wedding, your partner, whatever. People are going to weddings. If there's an, a property that gets a lot of wedding stays, that property having a Dyson hairdryer, one might be like a, ooh, okay, that's nice. I'm going to be able to use this really nice hairdryer for the wedding. You know who else that's good for? Dyson. Where else do you want to be besides being in a home where people are going to be heavily photographed and want to look their best? So there's just so much overlap. That's like why we exist, is that there's all this value that's opportunity that's just not being captured on both sides. It's, It's wasteful and... In order to capitalize on that, you just need a pretty robust platform that can do a few things and has a really strong data infrastructure. We're again, we're in like the early, 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 early days of this, but um, you know, hopefully, you, you get a little, a little insight into sort of where we believe. Yeah. It's two, three. It's really years cool. It, congratulations it really cool. on you know, yeah, on the initial success. So, if people want to. Uh, you know, learn more, obviously, the website, tell them how to get in, in contact with you. And, and by the way, I think the team over there, I've been knowing, uh, put together a little bit of an offer for, for some of our listeners if they want to uh, if, if they want to sign up and check it out. Yep. So there should be an offer in the in the show notes for people who are listening yep. uh, to this episode. If you can follow us on Instagram at Minone Experience. We post a lot of tips on thinking about design and furnishing and brands there. Um, and if you want to email us, you, know, you can email me. I'm Mark, M-A-R-C at MinoneExperience.com. I, I like to make myself available. And yeah, if you want to uh, you know, apply to be part of our network of properties, you go to MinoneExperience.com uh, and join us. And we'll have a link to that. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, it was great. That's it for this week's episode of GuestX. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X podcast.com. And follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. He is Mr. Guest Experience, Brian Hamali, And I am Matthew Loney signing off, reminding you to always create a customer experience worth talking about. <laughs>